Now back to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Suing China, the new terrorists on the block. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Yes, suing China, indeed. It seems like uh, the communist China are the new terrorists on the block. Uh, That is, if it turns out that coronavirus was actually or could be considered an agent of bioterrorism. But before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about the old terrorists on the block, the radical Islamists, because I have been trying um, in recent podcasts to um, keep you abreast of uh, what our old friends, the terrorists, are doing, planning to do, and so on. They are not going away. I hope that should be clear if you've been listening to some of the previous ones. Um, And especially since, as I was mentioning before, they are the ultimate doomsday preppers. You know, they know how to uh, hunker down and isolate and all of that in their caves and so on in the desert. So let's go. Let's talk a little bit about what the new uh, what's new with the old terrorists. Um, you've heard, I, I don't, you may have heard or not of the expression, um, Sutton's law. The expression is there was this man, once upon a time, there was this man named William Francis Sutton Jr. He lived between 1901 and 1980. And he was on the FBI 10 most wanted list because he was um, an extremely prolific bank robber, an American bank robber. And he stole from banks for 40 years. He stole approximately $2 million over those years. And um, during this time, since uh, he was so prolific, he, you know, he'd get interviewed all the time. And um, there was a reporter who uh, once asked him why he robbed banks. And he supposedly said, because that's where the money is. Now, this has become over the years uh, something called Sutton's Law, and it is often told to medical students. Indeed, it was told to me many times um, to show, to point out that you should go with the most likely diagnosis rather than wasting time and money investigating every conceivable possibility. So you go where the money is. Why do you rob banks? That's where the money is. Why do you look at a particular illness? That's where the money is. That's where the illness is. So, uh, and then he denied that he said it, but then he called his biography where the money was. So, sounds like he really did say it. Now, why am I telling you about a bank robber <laughs> named Willie Sutton when we're supposed to be talking about terrorism, right? Well, uh, the reason is because the current update on our old friends, the radical Islamists, uh, has new targets, you know, where, where the money is now, in other words, where the people are now, the targets are now, are in different places than where they were before. Um, you know, before there would be 
uh, targets would be where there were, wherever there was a crowd, right? And that would be the primary target, whether that's on the street and um, perpetrating a ramming attack, you know, using a car or a truck or so on to ram people on the street or um, putting a bomb in a concert hall like in Manchester. Um, you know, you're trying to get the most, the biggest number of people are, of course, just like 9-11, the Twin Towers. And ideally, you're doing it not only where there's the most number of people uh, so that you could kill and injure the most, but also in a perfect world, according to the terrorists, also it would be um, something that has some significance, like, of course, the World Trade Center had significance and uh, the Pentagon had significance and so on. So what? where are the banks, so to speak? Where are the targets now since there are much fewer people in the streets? So terrorists are targeting different places. They are targeting grocery stores, hospitals, testing sites, um, uh, gas stations. While we are under lockdown, these are some of the places where they are most likely to find uh, the most number of people. So Homeland Security is warning Americans about these targets. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but you might, I don't think they're doing it very loudly. Uh, this has not been a, they have not made um, very much of this, um, but they have put out a memo or a paper of some sort, um, well, mainly telling uh, police departments and so on that they should be aware that these are the new targets. Um, because, like Willie Sutton said, <laughs> you know, why do I rob banks? It's where the money is. So now, um, there is no, as I'm talking right now, there are no imminent or credible threats for any of these places. Um, but there have been, you know, I mentioned about the man who, uh, the terrorist, the wannabe terrorist, who was planning on creating an attack and uh, he was going to do it a little later. And then when the lockdown came along, he decided he would attack a hospital because that's where the people were. So and then fortunately, the FBI caught him before he did that. So um, so there uh, other than that, there have been no imminent or credible threats. But um, there except that these are the places that I mentioned that are the more, most likely targets. And um, there has been an increase in online hate speech in that is intended to incite violence and use the current situation as an excuse to inflict hate. So, um, this also includes, by the way, a target is also still open houses of worship. And then other retailers where, you know, that who have been considered essential. Any place where now you would be likely to find um, a bigger crowd of people. Uh, now, ISIS and Al-Qaeda have... Um, been encouraging lone wolves to see the coronavirus pandemic as an opportunity 
um, to attack when we're all paying attention, we're all distracted, you know, with that. And also an opportunity for them to win over more supporters because, you know, as I've mentioned previously, um, they are saying that the coronavirus was sent by Allah to attack and kill the non-believers. And so they are using this as a way to try to get more people to uh, become terrorists, to follow them. And then Al-Qaeda um, put out a statement saying that non-Muslims should use their time in quarantine to learn about Islam. And ISIS put out uh, a statement saying that its followers should show no mercy and launch terror attacks during this time of crisis. And um, so, you know, the the Department of Homeland Security is is asking us or would like us, though, as I said, they haven't exactly made this uh, made a lot of announcements about it. Um, but they are asking us to pay attention, be alert. You know, uh, if you see something, say something and all of that good stuff. Now, you know, there is the uh, idea also that. Um, the weakest, you know, when animals attack a herd, it's the weakest in the herd who get attacked first. And so with coronavirus, you know, we are in a sense, I mean, not everybody, it still is a small percentage of people who have gotten coronavirus, but, um, but still, in a sense, we have become the weaker animals in their from their point of view, uh, you know, to, to um, strike while we're down kind of thing. Um, so the FBI and the National Counterterrorism Center has warned of uh, this proliferation of hate speech and various people, you know, these haters, um, these um, people are, are, you know, making conspiracy theories and they are blaming the pandemic on people who they hate, you know, on minorities who they want to direct attacks to. So for example, um, (laughs) they, they are blaming it. Well, and of course, part of the, one of the people or part of the, um, uh, one target of this chatter, chatter is uh, China, Chinese people, but um, also other minorities as well. And they are saying that the pandemic is going to hasten a societal collapse and lead to a race war. At least that's what they're trying to make happen. So you should be aware that um, that these kinds of things are happening. And when we come back, I'll tell you some of the lovely um, ideas that these these uh, conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy theorists uh, are trying to spread on the internet. So stay tuned. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Now back to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. 
Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about suing China, the new terrorists on the block. And we've been talking about the old terrorists, because I don't want you to forget them, the radical Islamists, because they are apparently still spreading uh, um, propaganda to try to get more people to join them. And again, using the idea that uh, coronavirus is a is a um, is sent by Allah to kill the non-believers. Now, of course, there are also um, white supremacists who are trying to urge people to take advantage of the coronavirus um, by weaponizing it, uh, by using spray bottles, ice, items laced with coronavirus, you know, obviously assuming that somebody has coronavirus, uh, saliva, um, they, the federal investigators have been looking at Telegram and other online tools, uh, and that's, this is where they're finding out this information. Um, the, they, they're also suggesting leaving saliva on door handles, spitting on elevator buttons, and spreading germs in non-white neighborhoods. So, I mean, it is true, by the way, um, don't know if, if you haven't heard this before, you do have to be careful on things like, um, you know, door handles and elevate, elevator buttons. Um, and if you carry, well, if you wear gloves or if you carry um, disinfectant with you, or if you use your elbow to push, to push the elevator button, you know, then um, that should take care of that. So now let's get to the suing China. Okay, yes, I don't know if you've been hearing about this at all. Um, this has been kind of quiet too, but there actually have been lawsuits already uh, instigated against Chinese leaders, communist China, uh, in regard to the coronavirus. Now, um, it is thought that um, either the coronavirus was um, a bi- an agent of bioterrorism, a bioweapon, you know, it was cooked up uh, particularly, I mean, on purpose by China to use as a bioweapon. That's one possibility. And then the other possibility that's being investigated is that um, it was in a lab um, and, you know, where they were studying bats or other animals and then uh, it escaped or leaked because they had a poor safety protocol. Now, Wuhan, uh, China, which is where the coronavirus came from, it has the only level four microbiology lab that's equipped to handle deadly coronaviruses. And um, and they're apparently, you know, there are doctors, there are people who were there when this happened, and they are now uh, giving information to the people who are planning on suing and so on, to the government, to, to, to the American government, American investigators, um, because there was a whole, I mean, as you probably know, and I, I tweeted this ages ago, um, when it first came out, you know, first, I'm sure you know that first they were saying it came from a bat that was sold in this market in Wuhan where they sell live animals, you know, <laughs> um, 
like rare animals that are more likely to have uh, different contaminants in them. But then it came out that um, there was at least one man in this laboratory who, uh, where they were studying bats, um, and you know, and now apparently the growing these diseases, um, and one man got bitten by a bat, and um, he was bleeding, and it's thought that that somehow got to the market, or they, or the market was a was a hoax to begin with. It really had nothing to do with the market, although there were a lot of people who the first people who got sick were connected to the market. So somehow, um, it is thought that uh, this the coronavirus came from this lab into the market. Possibly. I mean, again, these are all things that are still being investigated. But I mean, the scary part is that it could well have been done on purpose because um, in countries, this is so interesting how this is changing the dynamics of countries around the world uh, towards China. I mean, of course, this whole thing is so complicated because there are lots of different trade agreements with China. And um, so, you know, that makes it um, that makes countries, of course, the United States and other countries as well, wanting to trade with China. You know, China's um, um, things that are manufactured in China are very cheap, relatively. And so that makes it very attractive to not only the U.S., but other countries as well. So countries have been slow (laughs) to recognize um, that, in fact, China, again, communist China, when I say China, I'm not talking about the uh, Chinese people who, for the most part, you know, are being... I mean, they're not free and they're they're being controlled by their government. And um, uh, so I'm not implicating them. But um, but uh, so now there's this realization uh, coming is like a big shock to everybody. Huh. Maybe China, who wants to be a bigger world power, maybe they would do something like this. I mean, in any case, why were they studying uh, agents of bioterrorism or agents, you know, diseases that could cause um, disasters like what coronavirus is doing? Um, so it's just like it, it's coming somewhat as a surprise. They, they would do that. They 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 did it on purpose. Could they have really done it on purpose? Um, so now, you know, what's interesting is how this sort of changes the allies, you know, who's allied with who against who or whom. <laughs> um, because because there are a lot of countries who, well, because the whole world just about is being impacted by the coronavirus. So people are not very happy with China, needless to say. And, um, and it's just kind of waking people up and, and it's making them wonder whether in fact um, this could have been done on purpose or even if it wasn't done on purpose, um, just the fact that they weren't following good guidelines, uh, careful guidelines in their lab because they were trying to uh, beat the U.S. in terms of, um, you know, coming, finding these things, discovering these different illnesses and so on, because there have been reports um, about American doctors or scientists, researchers who were in the labs who, who made, who, who, 
told um, people, you know, the World Health Organization, which, of course, as I've talked about before on the show, um, you know, there's some clearly they are in 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 bed with China and uh, not blowing the whistle on them. They didn't even call it a pandemic until much later. And we that's why the U.S. and other countries have gotten such a slow start on it. I mean, the, the coronavirus um, in China, in Wuhan, it was known in December already. And yet they let such little information come out. And they the people in China who, like the first doctor who discovered it, who saw that the people who were having pneumonia, it was a different kind of pneumonia. And he sent, um, he went online and he told his um, classmates from medical school about this new disease. And he was like alerting them to it. And all of a sudden, you know, he disappeared. And then it turned out that he got coronavirus and he was in the hospital and he died. And so that shut him up. And then there was another man who went around taking pictures of hospitals and body bags in Wuhan, and um, he disappeared. So China, there's no question, but that China went all out to silence people about just how bad this coronavirus was. And um, and and WHO um, did not, you know, went along with it, did not really, even though they were told that um I mean, it wasn't a secret, but because of some of the researchers who were there who saw that they were, had these sloppy ways of dealing with these dangerous um, infections, you know, they brought it to the attention of people. And yet uh, it was not considered a pandemic um, for quite a while after it first uh, be, this was discovered in China. I mean, be, not after a while after people started getting sick in China. So the the current total of people who are sick with COVID right now um, would have been a lot less if China would have told the truth or would have let these people who, you know, were trying to get out the truth, get out the truth instead of silencing them. So um, we'll take a break now, but when we come back, I'll tell you about some of the lawsuits that are already happening against China just because of this, either because they did it on purpose as an agent of bioterrorism or because they were really sloppy and then they kept trying to hide everything so that we wouldn't know what happened. So stay tuned and I'll be right back. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Now back to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Welcome back to The Terrorist Therapist Show where I'm talking today about suing China, the new terrorists on the block. So let me get to the actual lawsuits. Um, there are a number of them. Um, some of them some of them might be connected to the same case, but they're, they're, they seem to be growing, let's just say that. So first of all, 
there are two Republican lawmakers, uh, one in the House and one in the Senate, that who have recently introduced legislation to allow Americans to sue the Chinese government for damages from coronavirus. Now, one of them is um, Dan Crenshaw, a Republican from Texas. Uh, he's in the House of Representatives. And then Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas. He's in the Senate. And um, they will they are trying to get this um, legislation passed so that uh, Americans can sue China in federal co- court by amending the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act. In other words, foreign countries are uh, typically immune um, ex- except as it relates to the Justice Against Sponsors of Terrorism Act, which I'm not going to get into today because it's going to take too much time, but I'm sure that this is not going to go away, so I'll be talking about this topic again. So, um, uh, Senator Cotton wrote, he said, by silencing doctors and journalists who tried to warn the world about the coronavirus, the Chinese Communist Party allowed the virus to spread quickly around the globe. Their decision to cover up the virus led to thousands of needless deaths and untold economic harm. It's only appropriate that we hold the Chinese government accountable for the damage it has caused. So this legislation is modeled after this Justice Against Sponsors of Terrorism Act. And it's um, the purpose of it is to provide a civil action against a foreign state for deliberate concealment or distortion of information with respect to an international public health emergency. So, you know, what do Americans do (laughs) when we feel we are wronged? We sue. And that's what a lot of Americans want to do. Um, And so there's this investigation going on um, in China and particularly in Wuhan. And they are trying to put together a timeline uh, of what the government, the Chinese government knew when. And um, once all of this investigation is complete, uh, there are various parties doing these investigations. And once that's complete, the results are going to be presented to the Trump administration. And the White House and President Trump will then determine how to hold China accountable. In the meantime, let me tell you about some lawsuits that are actually that have actually started already. Um, Lawyers in the U.S. have launched a legal action to sue China for trillions of dollars because of the coronavirus pandemic, and they they are accusing uh, China for negligence for allowing the outbreak to erupt and then covering it up. This is a class action. And there are thousands of claimants from 40 countries. That's the, this is the interesting part, what I was alluding to before, that it's not just, um, you know, all of a sudden now, there are a lot of people who want China to pay, basically, for killing people in their countries, um, you know, injuring them, making them sick, killing them, and trashing uh, the economies of the U.S. and these other countries. It includes Britain and the U.S., and this is a lawsuit that was filed in Florida. Then there is a second lawsuit 
that was launched on behalf of healthcare workers. And they are accusing China of hoarding life-saving medical supplies. And then <laughs> there's a suit coming from Israel, um, from Israeli human rights lawyers who specialize in suing states for terrorism. And they are ramping up the pressure, the pressure for the Chinese president to account for his, what his country did. Um, now, there's also, uh, there are also calls for the United Nations to set up an inquiry to look into how coronavirus broke out, what caused it, and so on. And, um, uh, you know, but the, the UN has not, I mean, China holds... Uh, important positions in the UN, and um, it is not going to be as likely that they're going to do anything, that the UN is going to be able to do anything that is going to um, cause trillions of dollars to flow into the US and other countries who have been harmed. But at least there are calls for them, as they should, in fact, investigate. Um, so the U.S. claim, the first one that I mentioned, the class action, has was launched by a law firm called uh, the Berman Law Group, and it's in Miami. And um, they are saying China's leaders must be held accountable for their actions. Our goal is to expose the truth. Now, this firm, this law firm, three years ago, won $1.2 billion in a case against China over the manufacture of defective building materials. So they already have experience in suing and winning against China. Um, so now, even though lawyers, uh, even though nations have some legal immunity, there are exceptions. So now in this lawsuit, uh, some of the plaintiffs, I'll tell you about a couple of the plaintiffs. One of them is Olivia uh, Babylon. He's he or she, Olivier. <laughs> it's a little hard to tell from the name, um, whether it's a man or a woman, but uh, that person is 38 years old and they are an estate agent from Croydon, South London, and their income has fallen by two thirds and they were treated at a hospital earlier this month for the virus. Oh, it's a he, sorry. It is a he, yes, Olivier. Um, he said, I have been financially hurt, but many people have lost their lives, so I was lucky, and the NHS was fantastic. We need to know who is responsible. So, of course, this is, this is coming from London. And then we also have um, Lorraine Caggiano, and she is an administrator from New York. She caught the virus along with nine other family members after they all went to a wedding. Her father and aunt both died. And she said, I'm not expecting money. It is a symbolic gesture that we are fighting back. <laughs> I can promise you that the lawyers are not doing this as a symbolic gesture. It is going to take a lot of work and they are doing it to get, I mean, yes, for the principal, but also they want to get their percentage, of course, from any kind of a, a, a case. And then um, the, in terms of Israel, 
their legal case, uh, their, the Israeli Law Center is called Sharat Hadin, and um, they have represented victims of terrorism around the world. And um, they said they would also launch its legal action in the U.S. since most other countries would be scared of China's economic weight and retribution. Interesting. Um, so they're comparing it to terrorism, you know, that, that um, the effect of the coronavirus was so bad that um, it, it can be compared to terrorism. In other words, uh, where the immunity laws or, or immunity um, doesn't protect other countries uh, in regard to terrorism. And so this is as bad as terrorism, even if the agent wasn't cooked up as a bioterrorism agent, it could st- they would still have to pay because it, it, it is one of the exceptions to the rule because it's just as bad as terrorism in terms of the impact that it has had on the world. Um, and also then there's another, there's a British human rights lawyer, Joffrey Robertson, who has called for the United Nations to set up an inquiry. And um, he is, uh, and there are also claims, of course, that the World Health Organization has failed in its duty. Now, you know, the thing with the, um, well, I mean, I mentioned it before, but in case you haven't been listening to all of my uh, shows, which I, of course, suggest that you do. Um, but early, early on, I talked about how um, the head of the World Health Organization, we'll call him Tedros, um, he, he actually, it, it turned out that he, um, he comes from Ethiopia and it turned out that he, and he's not a real doctor. And it turned out that when he had, um, a, an off, he held office in Ethiopia, governmental office, and he ended up getting his country indebted to China. So Ethiopia still owes money to China. So do you think maybe that has something to do with why uh, the World Health Organization hasn't done its job in terms of calling it a pandemic early on and in, in so many other ways um, as well? So, you know, that's kind of the thing when people are in bed with each other for different reasons um, and then something like this happens, you know, you have to you pick your battles, you pick what's more important to you, but certainly... Certainly, uh, there has been some, he has in a number of ways been acting so friendly to trying to protect China and by doing so really caused so many more people around the world to um, get the virus, to die from the virus, and for the world's economies uh, to fall in disrepair. We don't know quite yet just how far they're going to fall but certainly they are in disrepair. And it is like, um, whether it turns out that China purposely cooked up coronavirus to be a bio agent of terrorism or not, it certainly has acted like, uh, like terrorism in that, you know, this has done more than any, any one terrorist attack from our old friends, the radical Islamists. Well, thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. 
If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at Terrorism for Kids. Kids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights. 